Welcome to another episode of What You Don't Know Yet. I'm Margaret Lytle. I'm Glenetta Krauss. And we're joined today by Maggie Lang. And today we're going to talk about administrators' expectations for new teachers. Maggie is joining us today because she is an expert in working closely with administrators to advocate for the needs of her kids. Maggie is a teacher of English language learners. She's fluent in Spanish and she works closely with a newcomer population at our school. I am lucky enough that I get to co-teach with Maggie every day in our English class, but she also co-teaches in social studies as well as teaching study skills to English language learners. She sounds pretty perfect, listeners, but I've got to say something that has always really bothered me about Maggie is that she's never seen Star Wars. So if you think that this is as bad as I think it is, please leave us a comment or a voicemail and tell Maggie to get with the program. And so our objectives for today... By the end of this episode, you'll be able to understand the expectations of your administrator in different teaching scenarios. Let's talk about our do now for today. I want you to think about what is the principal's role in your daily teaching life? I think my initial answer to that is that the principal doesn't have a big impact on my daily classroom life. I try to solve problems, for the most part, on my own. But the principal is responsible for the smooth running of a school. Right, like the functioning of the building itself. They can ensure that learning is going on, but they're not specifically interacting with every teacher in every class every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I first started teaching, I felt like the principal was the boss of me and was kind of checking up on things I did wrong. Now I see the principal's role is more like setting the tone for the whole building. And when you are attuned to that, you can walk into different school buildings and know whether they have a good principal or not just by walking in and just seeing how the buildings run. Is it clean? Is it mm-hmm. together? Do people seem happy and a good mood? Are the teachers there? Are right. the teachers there? Well, is there chaos in the hallway? Right. Right. It's kind of subtle. They do make a big impact because if they're not doing their job right, then your, your job becomes a lot more difficult. But your principal might only be in your room one or two days a year Mm-hmm. and you might not have a whole lot of interaction with them at all. It really it depends on the student population, the size. My first building, we did not have an assistant principal. So quite often, we only saw the principal when he was doing our evaluations because a lot of times he was in his office having meetings with parents, dealing with discipline issues, dealing with administrative tasks, and so... If you have a smaller building that does not have an assistant principal, you will likely see that administrator even less than you would in another building. And I think that's a really good point because we talked in an earlier episode about how isolating teaching is. And when you're just in your room, you can have all of these previously misconstrued ideas about what other teachers are doing or what your principal is doing. But you're not getting the whole picture because you can't tag along with the principal for a day. And he doesn't know everything that is happening in your classroom because he doesn't have the time to be in your classroom the whole day. So I think it's important to keep that open mind and have a little sense of empathy. They're really busy too, Mm -hmm. as am I. Yeah, I think there are a lot of different styles of leadership too, and many of them are right. I've had principals who do not want to be the face of things. They want teachers and or their students to lead things, be the speaker at different events, lead the professional development, stuff like that. And I've also had principals who are very 
out front. They are in the news with good reports about schools. They're trying to get into different community organizations. They're trying to be the forward face of the school. And there's nothing wrong with either one of those. They're just different styles. But if you're expecting one thing from a principal and they are following a different style, then you might be frustrated. I've also had a principal, like you were talking about different leadership styles, that wanted to be informed anytime we were talking to parents, whether it was about a big issue, small issue. And I've had uh, a principal that in no way wanted to be informed about that. <laughs> so I think what's important is that once you get into a building, you take time to figure out what is the communication preference of your principal. Because if you have a principal that doesn't want to be informed about that, then you certainly do not want to be sending emails or calling and notifying him or her about that. Mm -hmm. But if you do have a principal that wants to know about that, then you want to make sure that you are adhering to their preferences. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a perfect segue to get into our lesson. What are administrators' expectations for new teachers? Administrators want you to have a lesson that's going to meet the objectives of your subject area. They want you to fill up the whole time with that. They want kids to know what they're supposed to be doing from the minute they walk in the door to the minute that the bell rings at the end. And they want you to have a professional relationship with parents and with your coworkers. And they probably want you to involve them as little in this whole thing as possible. <laughs> right. I would say my first year teaching, that was the thing that I found the most shocking. It seems like they're going to observe you, but from afar, to see how you're going to handle the pressure. Mm -hmm. They're not looking for you to be perfect in any way, but they want you to take control of that classroom to make sure that you're teaching the standards, and they're looking at your classroom management. So... They're going to know if you're going to be having a lot of problems, if you're having kids running out your door, if they're getting a lot of parents calling them, and they're going to look for you to be seeking help from other colleagues, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. You have to be a problem solver. It's going to make your job easier and the principal's job easier. If you're asking for help rather than waiting until your principal comes to you and says, do you need help? Are you okay? That's going to be a red flag for the principal that, oh, maybe I didn't hire a person who was capable of solving problems on their own or asking for help. I think people think the principal is against them. And really, teachers mm -hmm. and principals and parents and, and eventually kids are on, on the same side. They want the kids to learn as much as they can over the course of the school year. But sometimes teachers see principals as setting up roadblocks to that. Oh, we've got a rule about this, and, and I can't do this, and we can't take field trips during this week. Yeah, we just treat just, them like an enemy, yeah, I think. Yeah, they're not the enemy. They're actually trying to solve many problems all at once. It's like a Rubik's Cube of things that they're trying to fit together. And if you are seen as someone who can help them solve problems, help you know handle problems yourself so that they don't have to solve problems for you, you're a good teacher in their eyes. If you are creating some problems, that problem is going to end up in their lap eventually, and that will be very frustrating to them, and it will look bad for you. That being said, on, on the other hand, that if you have an idea 
that could be beneficial to the school or to your department, that doesn't mean that you need to run away from the principal <laughs> and never communicate that to them. Mm-hmm. I think, Margaret, you did a good job with that this year. When you had good ideas, you were emailing our administrator about it. So, like, I started doing mindfulness in my class, and so I was really excited about the results I was mm-hmm. seeing with my students and their behavior, so I brought it to the principal, and I was able to teach it at a teacher PD. So if you have something exciting that you're trying to think that other teachers would benefit from it or the principal would benefit from it, definitely share those ideas because mm-hmm. we don't teach in a vacuum and we get better because we can share. You know, your principal would love to hear about some good news in your classroom too. If you're bringing in a guest speaker mm-hmm. and if you're taking a big trip, whatever you're doing, they want to know about that. They'll help you spread the word about that. They want to support that. You know, we had a Renaissance Festival once and we crowned our principal the king of the Renaissance Festival. He just had to dip in for like five minutes. We had a coronation <laughs> ceremony and he ran out. The kids remember it. That's the kind of stuff that your principal will support. And, you know, writing them a thank you note at the end of the day it really meant something to the kids. That's a cool thing to do too. You kind of have to take care of your principal. Whatever you can do to help is going to help and support the mission of the school, the direction that they want to go in. It's a really stressful and lonely job that they have, so anything you can do to help that will be seen as positive. Yeah, treat them like you would treat any relationship. You have to, I think you use the word, feed and <laughs> nurture. Care nurture. and feeding, yes. Yeah, so say hi to your principal daily, ask how they're doing, develop a rapport with them. If you have that rapport, it's going to be easier mm-hmm. to ask for things that you need right attend school events become visible so that you they know that you want to be a part of the school community that's a a nice time to learn more about your principal feel out their sense of humor and stuff like Mm -hmm. that is standing around at a football game or uh, you know sitting in the back at a choir concert or something Mm -hmm. like that to get to know them and then you're also seen as somebody you'll help out because inevitably in some of those situations hey we need somebody to take tickets here or can you pass out programs or something like that and you're helping your principal once again and you're not always going to click with your principal Mm -hmm. you might be that person who always says hi in the hallway and they might walk past you without saying hi but that's not because they hate you (laughs) (laughs) which is how I usually interpret things Um, but but it might mean that they are on the way to a fight, critical meeting, <laughs> right. a fight, something that they really have to concentrate on. They're a person in power. Kids, teachers are all trying to get on their good side. And sometimes it would take them 20 minutes to walk down a hallway and say hi and hello to everybody. Mm-hmm. Or they can just zoom and try and get to where they're going. They just have so many things in their job that they need to do. So sometimes you have to send frequent reminders and you have to Mm -hmm. figure out with your principal what works. Some people want you to stop in their office and see them. I had one principal who did all the lunch duties so you always knew that you could find him at lunch if you wanted to talk to him about something. One principal who says send me an email but copy it to my uh, secretary. She kind of weeds out what's important right now and what's Mm -hmm. not. So just kind of pay attention to what's the best way to communicate. You might need to ask a few teachers, you know, hey, I want to do this school dance and I I need to talk to the principal about it. 
what's the best way? How do we do that at this school? What do we do? I'm and I think do that's good because when you talk to that other teacher, they might be able to say, hey, these are the things you should have lined up before you meet with your principal right. so that you're more likely to get a yes or uh, mm-hmm. let's make this happen, but I still need this. There are many people in your building who probably know the answer to your question. Like, where is the copy paper? That's not a question for your principal. They, no. You don't have to stop your work and find the principal to ask that question. There are many people who tell you that. So try to problem solve and get your ducks in a row mm-hmm. because the principal's time is valuable. There's only so many hours in a day and they are glad to help you, but they don't want to waste any time either. So you got to find that balance. Usually I always err on the side of caution. So if it's something significant that I need to talk to the principal about, I will usually send it in writing because mm-hmm. I need to have a record of that mm-hmm. just so, if, especially if you have a principal that tends to be forgetful, mm-hmm. so that you can refer back to me like, remember, we agreed on, <laughs> on this, you know, because yeah. you don't want to be questioned when if an administrator forgets something and they're then coming to you and asking, well, why did you do this? So I think it's always better safe than sorry. Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. Sometimes to follow up on a meeting too, like Mm -hmm. if we agreed on something in the hallway, send an email afterwards saying, Mm -hmm. okay, I just wanted to thank you for saying that my class can go on this field trip to Timbuktu and... We'll be back in a year. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, So sometimes we butt heads with our principals. And so we'll talk a little bit about how to deal with that when it happens. First of all, the principal is a symbol of authority in the school, and if you have some issues with authority, they will play out with the principal. I have had (laughs) weird dreams with my principal as the focus of them. I know. They're really not about my principal. They're about my troubles with authority, and usually like family stuff. I'm mad at my dad, and he shows up as my principal in my dream. I'm a weird person that way. <laughs> no, I think uh, that's pretty common. <laughs> Please yeah. don't get mad at me. <laughs> it, it is. We it, call those nightmares. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen very often, but yes, your principal does have the power to fire you, and you've probably grown accustomed to the life that you have, and so that would ruin your life, and you just feel like your principal has all this power, and you might feel weak, you know, so... What I'm trying to say is those issues that you have with authority might play out in your relationship with your principal, but it may or may not be rooted in fact. It might just be your issues with authority. Absolutely. And most of the time when I have had troubles with a principal, it's because, I mean, the principal is also to blame. I think that any... (laughs) Of course. Any any disagreement, I think, is a reflection of people's emotional intelligence and Mm -hmm. if you can problem solve you probably have a high emotional intelligence and if it becomes an argument you probably have a low emotional intelligence and so if I can't recognize where the principal is coming from or if the principal can't recognize where I'm coming from that's where the disagreement happens so I've had problems with principals in the past who are trying to do something and to me it just seems like they're just disregarding all rules and expectations and so I want to say, no, we can't do this until this is figured out. But I'm failing to recognize that, oh, this person is getting a lot of pressure from their boss or their right. boss's boss or parents or community members. And I'm not recognizing that issue. So if I can recognize that issue, I can maybe be a little bit more accommodating. 
I think that example that you were talking about earlier tells us a good story about that. Yeah, so a couple years ago, I was in a school where we had a self-contained special ed classroom, and the teacher of that classroom had quit early on in the year, so they replaced her with a long-term sub who didn't really have a lot of teaching experience and definitely didn't have the skill set to deal with these kids and their disabilities and a lot of them had anger management issues and oppositional defiance disorder so a lot of very hard behaviors to manage and the principal I think quickly realized that not a lot of learning was happening in that classroom and one of the big stressors for principals are test scores because it's so heavily reflected in our report cards so he made kind of a unilateral decision to move those kids into the general English and math classes. And the problem was that he wasn't the one to tell me that that was going to happen. He instead just told the long-term sub to tell me that this was happening. Mm -hmm. And so immediately I felt left out of the conversation. The IEPs were not being followed. I didn't have any information on these students and their accommodations and modifications. And so when I said no, wait to <laughs> the long-term sub, she took that to the principal and we were immediately at odds and we had a very uncomfortable meeting over lunch <laughs> where he threatened to report me, which like in the moment I should not have been worried about because I was right in the fact that we needed to look at these IEPs first, get parents involved. But and, but he was also right to be concerned about the kids learning. So if we had both approached it a little bit more professionally, the problem mm -hmm. could have been solved without both of us yelling at each other. When that goes back to the issue of lack of communication, most of the time it's not intentional, it's a lack of time. So they probably thought that it was easier, oh, well, that long-term sub can just communicate that idea. But at the end of the day, your role as a teacher is you're also an advocate for these students, you're an advocate for the parents, you're an advocate for yourself. So you were right to speak up whether it became uncomfortable or not, right? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot going on in a school and sometimes we are focused on just our roles. So the principal is like, I gotta raise these test scores, I know that Margaret's mm -hmm. a good teacher, I'm gonna put these kids in that classroom. And he's forgetting there are some legal ramifications of doing that, and he needs to be reminded of those things. And it will be uncomfortable because he's your boss, and all those power dynamics of going up against your boss. But instead of seeing it as a hierarchy where he's above you, if you remember that the principal is on the same team as you, mm -hmm. and you just say, well, I have an idea that would help. How about we put this off for 10 days? That'll give us time to contact the parents, rewrite the IEPs, get everybody on the same page, that'll give me time to get to know those kids' IEPs. Mm -hmm. How about that? And then work that compromise with somebody. You're going to be seen again as a problem solver and not a problem causer or creator. Mm -hmm. And I think using that person-first language, you know, where you say, mm -hmm. I feel that right. this could be improved, instead of saying, you're doing something illegal. You know, that's yeah. right. automatically, which right. I'm sure like, came out of my mouth in the moment when I was <laughs> upset. Instead of attacking, coming back and saying, well, this is how it's making me feel. And this kind of goes into our conversation that we were talking about, about like when, when would it be appropriate to get the union involved? Yes. yes. So in that instance, I think that it was 
critical that you address your concerns with administrator before going to the union. Mm-hmm. And so do you want to speak a little bit on why would you take that route? Yeah, I think it's important to, if you have a problem with your administrator or even another teacher, that you're trying to solve it with that person like a mature adult. Like in-house. In-house, <laughs> yeah, before you need to get the union involved. And so make an honest attempt to solve the problem before getting somebody else involved. Because imagine I teach daily with Maggie, mm-hmm. and let's say I was misinterpreting an IEP. She could easily go to the union and say, Miss Lytle is not following the contract. Mm-hmm. You need to talk to her. Or she could come and say, hey, Ms. Lytle, let's take another mm-hmm. look at this IEP to make sure that we're meeting the needs of the student. Right. So if you become the person who is like, Miss Lang is not doing her job all the time to the union, you're going to get a mm-hmm. horrible reputation in schools and principals are not going to want to have you on their team. Right, because even though it's your right to go to the union for issues such as that, it's really not doing due diligence in terms of building relationships within your building, with the administrator, with your colleagues, and it's not in the best interest of the students because what you're doing is you're creating barriers and making things uncomfortable, which is then going to make it more difficult in the long term for you to continue working in that building. I am a huge union advocate. I'm a fourth generation union member, so I love my union, definitely. Of course, yeah. I try to think, is this problem big enough that it needs to go to the union? Have I done everything I could to solve this problem myself? Then I call the union. When you call the union, that means that the first step for us is that the principal, the building rep, and the teacher are going to sit down. That's a lot of time and money. And is that how I want to spend the time and the money? Or could I just solve this problem by working it out, by pointing to the contract and saying, Mm -hmm. this is how it's going to go anyway, so can we just do it the way we're supposed to do it? You have a lot more power than you think you do. The principal is not your boss. He is your boss, but he's on your team. Your union is on your team, and we're all really going the same direction. So I try to solve as many problems as I can with sugar then vinegar (laughs) we're we're all going for the same goal to get these kids through school and graduated and to have a good time while they're doing it if we can you know so should we sing some mary poppins (laughs) (laughs) okay that's enough we don't want walt disney on our case here (laughs) (laughs) copyright (laughs) you know when i was starting new at this current building i just went around to a few different people. Mm-hmm. Hey, how's the principal here? How's the assistant principal? But I would take Be- that with yes. a grain of salt. Exactly. Sometimes some people have been in a school for a long time or they've had one bad experience with the principal mm-hmm. or the assistant principal and it just spoils their whole outlook on that principal. Yeah. And so they're going to tell you some really bad things that maybe aren't necessarily true. true. Right. So it's important to, yes, listen. It's the same thing when you're trying to find information about kids. Mm -hmm. You know, listen, take it in, but also make your own judgment in the end. Mm -hmm. The last kind of takeaway I want to say about interacting with your principal, sometimes you might feel that there's tons and tons and tons of pressure, and sometimes all you can say is, I'm doing my best. Mm -hmm. I am trying a lot of different things to make this better doing my best that especially in your first year is really all your principals asking of you that you're yeah. trying 
your best, and that you're open to feedback. And if they right. if they say, you know, try this with so and so, or try this with so and so, try it. Right. See if yes. It works. The try. number one thing that I've seen that they do not appreciate is if they give you feedback and that you do not take that feedback mm-hmm. and and make a change. And I've got to say, the best feedback or best suggestion I got was my first year from my principal that I didn't always get along with. But he suggested that I go to a classroom management training that the district provided. It was a three-day training, and it changed my classroom management. I can get better at this, mm-hmm. and there are a zillion other strategies I haven't tried yet, so I'm going to try them until they work. But I think that's the, that's why with teaching, they always say that at the end of the day, we need to have some reflection time, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it goes reflection on our instruction and reflection on our communication skills and reflection on what we need to improve on. Yeah. Absolutely. I think... You have a lot of freedom as a teacher. Like, mm-hmm. you design the rules in your classroom. You design what we're going to study that day and how we're going to do it. You tell people where to sit and what page to read. You have a ton of control in your classroom. And you really need to take that control, manifest that leadership in your own classroom. I remember being a first-year teacher and saying, open your books up to page 67, and everybody in the room opened their books up to page 67, and I was like, oh my God, they are all listening to me. I'm so powerful. They're doing what I said. <laughs> Look at all this power. Lightning's <laughs> crackling from your fingertips. <laughs> and I think if you are the kind of person who just sits and waits for somebody to tell you what to do in your classroom, oh. uh, it's going to be horrible. You really get to create it, so do that. But ultimately, you want the principal to think that you're a good hire. Yes. Are you trying new things? Are you filling up that time with your kids? Are you managing problems for the most part? Great. Is your room safe? Yeah. <laughs> Priority number one. <laughs> Nobody jumped out a window today. Nobody is running with scissors. <laughs> <laughs> or throwing glitter jars. <laughs> or throwing glitter jars. <laughs> so let's stop talking about administrators and let's talk to an administrator. Here's an interview with our administrator, Stephen Sippel. A brand new teacher is not going to be as skilled as an experienced teacher, but what are the bare minimums that a first-year teacher should be able to do in their classroom? I guess because they have been student teaching and hopefully they've been given an opportunity to be in front of a class and to manage that class, obviously they should have the ability to create a very solid lesson plan. It should have flow and it won't necessarily fill the entire class the first time or it may go really long um, first second quarter but the expectation is that you start to learn your students and then you you're able to craft a lesson plan where you can get the objectives met in the Mm -hmm. amount of time that you have uh, to do it around classroom management i mean that's an area where there's kind of a gift to classroom management Uh, there's kind of a, a charisma that some teachers have and some teachers just don't uh, nevertheless, that's one of the things the student teaching, that's where that should happen, where you, you start to develop the kind of those skills at classroom management, how to redirect, um, how to have those quiet conversations with students to get what you want out of them. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a level to that. I mean, I, I get that there are some teachers who come in who don't have that kind of charisma. There's just going to be more work, more time required, whereas others kind of seem to be rolling. But at least you kind of have an idea of some things you've tried before and, and will try again. And so you won't come to me saying, I have no idea what to do, but you'll say, I did A, B, and C, and they just didn't work. They mm-hmm. crashed and burned. 
also just a, a real awareness of the curriculum. Uh, mm -hmm. I would expect a new teacher to have done their research, find out what my school teaches, uh, what the district teaches, um, to have collaborated with the department chair or team leader to determine uh, what they need to cover during the year. I shouldn't have to give them that information. Mm -hmm. uh, now, some of that falls on, on their team leader or department chair to give them that information. But I would expect walking in that they're not teaching a sixth grade text when I'm walking into a ninth grade classroom. Right. Um, they're not covering fourth grade standards or seventh grade standards when I walk into a ninth grade classroom. Those uh, things I would expect. I guess uh, the other thing is just kind of how to have, and this falls into classroom management, but really how to establish some basic routines and procedures. Whether you've just read kind of Wong's first days of school or what it is, that you've done that much. Right. And so mm -hmm. you at least have a library of options or a menu of options to draw from. So maybe you didn't do the warm up right, maybe it never seems to work, but you're doing the warm up. You absolutely assign seats. You don't be the brainless person who says sit where you want. <laughs> um, nothing against those who do that, but they're brainless. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just it's just ridiculous to ever do that. I think with any age group, but still. I mean, unless you're college. And what you notice is in college, they're essentially de facto assigned seats because yep. wherever you go in the first day, that's where you sit the rest of the semester. <laughs> um, so kids like structure. Kids like predictability. Anyway, so just some of those basic routines and procedures mm -hmm. um, and that you've got those things to try. It could be some of those things fly in the face of whatever the vision of the school is, and so you might have to pare back, but at least you've got those things in place. Mindset is you know, like a hot topic mm -hmm. in education right now. How do you kind of foster a growth mindset in your early teachers or your beginning teachers so that they, when something isn't working, they're just like, I'm just going to ride this out, but instead they are seeking other options. I don't know that my approach has necessarily been as effective as it should be, but what I typically do is I just give teachers a lot of grace so they don't feel like the hammer is coming down on them every time they mess up, mm -hmm. uh, that they've got the opportunity then. And I... I try to hire people who have a really clear passion for teaching. So I trust that if they really want to teach, they're going to want to do better. And they just need to know that failure is not the end. Failure is not, um, you know, a bad evaluation. Failure is not um, being fired or anything like mm -hmm. that. So I want them to know that you got a lot of grace with me. As long as kids aren't burning the school down and they're learning, um, that's a good thing and let's build on that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I could have I could have done and will plan to do in my future work is build more kind of solid coaching and encouragement um, with some specific words around growth and around failing forward and around small tests of change and around these kinds of things to encourage people to try new things. Maybe not switch everything up, but but um, try to to try small things that might make a difference. Well, thank you. Sure. Thank you so much. Your homework assignment for this week is... Google your principal. See what you find out. Maybe there's something on there. Maybe they won an award or something on there that you can mention. We also want you to find out what is the best way to communicate with your principal. I would really advise you to ask the secretary, if I need my principal to see something right away, What's the best way to get that in front of him? And yeah. she will know. It's or not always going to be face-to-face. -face. It might be a phone call. It might be a text message, an email. 
It might be when you see him in the hallway, it could be anything. Yeah. And everybody's different. And now for some credits. This episode of What You Don't Know Yet is brought to you by your hosts, Lynetta Krauss and Margaret Leichel. It's executive produced by Amanda Hutchinson, and special thanks to Stephen Sipple and Maggie.